Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast, where business owners, speakers, and entrepreneurs have real conversations about making the journey to becoming the next generation of thought leaders and influencers. This is the place to take a stand in your industry, get messy with your message, slay your mindset demons, and grow a profitable business that allows you to make a bigger impact while doing more good. Here's your host, the instigator of three-word rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. Do you ever feel like your mind isn't your friend? You wake up at 2.13 a.m., wander to the bathroom, and bam, all of the sudden you're replaying a conversation that you had with a client. You're second-guessing what you said. You're wondering if you're doing a good enough job for them, and you're thinking about how they might not think you're very good at what you're doing. Or, bam, you're worrying about a bill that's due in a couple of months and you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay for it. Our minds can be like a runaway train if we let it. If we let our minds run free, it goes places that we don't necessarily need to go to. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself stressed out, having anxiety in the middle of the night or sometimes even in the middle of the day for no apparent reason. To do the change-making work that you and I want to do to create the impact that we want to make, we have to cultivate our mindset. You need to consciously and deliberately choose your thoughts that help you reach your impact goals. And I've realized a while ago that my mind left unchecked is so not my friend. And having a positive mindset has nothing to do with being 100% happy all of the time. It does have to do with making a choice about what you're thinking and how those thoughts make you feel. Working on my own mindset was one of my personal projects for 2019 because one of my major themes is to show myself more love and compassion. And that means making friends with my mind. I was so excited to see that Mel Robbins kicked off this year with her Mindset Reset program. So of course, I jumped right into it. You all know how I love Mel Robbins anyway. And I wanted to share with you four of the tools from this program that have made the biggest difference to me and my mindset. And hey, if you're interested in resetting your mind, it's not too late. Mel Robbins is doing this program for free, and you can still get access to all of the videos if you go to melrobbins.com slash mindset reset. So here we go. Tool number one, visualization that actually works. So for a long time, I've struggled with visualization. And I believe it's because I was fed a myth about what visualization needs to be like. It needs to be meditation and 15 to 30 minutes long. And you have to be wandering by a creek or in a meadow or in a field. And it goes on forever. And I've always struggled with consistent visualization because I don't have time to visualize that long. Even my meditations in the morning are maybe five minutes. Honestly, sometimes I have a hard time 
picturing what my goal realized looks like. Like, what does success look like? So how the heck am I going to focus on it for that long? I've had success with visualization, like visualizing a speech. I can take myself through my entire speech and visualize the audience responding well and laughing and participating because I've been in that situation before. But for me, something that hasn't happened yet, like hitting a large financial goal or selling 5,000 copies of the Three Word Rebellion book, which, hey, that's coming out on February 26th. I've not done those things, so I can't see it. And Mel Robbins helped me reframe this. Visualization only needs to take 30 seconds of your time. Or as Mel says, don't your dreams deserve 30 seconds? And yes, yes, they do. She suggests picturing a scene of what the goal or the accomplishment you have in mind looks like, and then think about how you feel. So, for instance, selling 5,000 copies of the three-word rebellion book. In my head, when I visualize, I picture myself at the end of a speaking gig, sitting at a table with a stack of the books, and there is a line of people waiting for me to sign their copy of the book. That feels amazing. I feel the difference that I'm making, the ripple effect of change that I'm creating. It feels like I've accomplished something so huge and good. So that's a great way for me to visualize my goal. And for goals that I have a harder time visualizing, what I am doing is I actually invite Mel into my visualization and she shows me that I have accomplished this goal and she tells me what a badass I am and gives me high fives and I feel great and I feel so proud of myself for accomplishing this goal that I didn't think I could do. And for me, it's just so helpful to invite someone into my visualization that I can have a conversation with instead of trying to visualize the exact scene. So when you're going after a big goal, visualize a scene of what success will look like and how it feels for you. Even if you're having a tough time visualizing the goal, invite a coach or mentor into your visualization and celebrate with them achieving that goal. Because Mel is right, our dreams do deserve 30 seconds. The second tool that the Mindset Reset program has given to me is showing me the difference between productive worry versus non-productive worry. I'm a worrier. I've talked about this when I had the author Amber Ray on the show to talk about her book, Choose Wonder Over Worry, which is also a great three-word rebellion, because I'm always looking for strategies to deal with how much I find myself worrying. And worrying was pretty much passed on to me from my mom. Like, I know this. My mom was a complete worrier, and now I have that habit as well. And so I'm one of those people who start worrying about the most random things in the middle of the night. I worry about money, my clients, my cats, that awkward conversation I had with the friend. And did I say the right thing? 
And what has been helpful is that Mel makes a distinction between productive worry and non-productive worry. Productive worry, you can do something about. There's an action you can take. So for instance, if I've just left the house and then all of a sudden I'm worrying that my cats might not have enough food while I'm gone, hey, I can do something about that. I can go back in the house and I can check the food in the water dish and give them more food and then leave. That's productive worrying. However, If I wake up in the middle of the night worrying about a difficult conversation that I had with a friend and how is that going to impact our friendship and replaying what I should have said instead of what I did say a million times, that's unproductive. There's nothing I can take immediate action on. And trust me, none of my friends want me calling them at 4 a.m. to chat about something I might have said that ticked them off. However, being able to classify my worry into productive or non-productive worry allows me to disrupt the worry frenzy my brain loves to feed on in the middle of the night or sometimes in the middle of the day. And then that sets me up for this next tool. So tool number three is think this, not that. And it is a way to reframe unhelpful thoughts. So let me give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I booked a last minute speaking gig. The gig was maybe nine days away and I had to prepare a speech, customize it for that audience. And during that week, I also had 20 client calls and sales consultations So looking at my schedule, I immediately felt I don't have enough time. That was the thought that was going through my head. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And it made me feel overwhelmed and anxious, and I didn't know what to do next. And so what I did is I stopped and I reframed that thought. My mantra for that week became, there is more than enough time. There's more than enough time to talk to my clients, to have really good and exciting sales conversations, and to prepare for the speech. And you know what happened? Some of my calls that week got moved around, and that created more space and more time. I decided to get up 30 minutes earlier so that I could work on the speech before my client days. It was remarkable because at the end of every day that I was chanting, there is more than enough time, I would get everything done on my to-do list. So thinking that I had more than enough time felt so good. It got me into action and it was less stressful. So when you find yourself stuck in a negative, unproductive thought loop, you can disrupt that and deliberately choose a different thought that serves you so that you can accomplish what needs to be done. Choose a different thought and that helps you stay on track. And the fourth and final tool that Mel has given us that I absolutely love is assuming positive intent. So imagine you're up for a big speaking gig. Negotiations are going well. You feel sure that you're going to land this gig. You send the email with the contract and then nothing. You hear nothing back. 
And when that happens, our brains start making up stories for why this is happening. And it's usually a negative story, something like, hey, what a jerk. I can't believe they wasted my time like that. How dare they disrespect me in this way? We assume the reason why we didn't hear back from a speaking gig or from a potential client or the reason someone cut us off in traffic was personal. They're being a jerk. They're malicious in some way. Those thoughts of being slighted, they do one thing and one thing only. They torture you and make you feel like crap. So what if you assumed positive intent? Maybe the other person just got busy or they were called away on another project or they got a cold all of a sudden and they weren't able to get back to you or the person that cut you off in traffic was late for their very first day at work or their kid is sick and they're trying to rush to get to the school. Because most of the stories we tell ourselves about why people do what they do have nothing to do with us. So choose positive intent. Don't assume ill will. Tell yourself an alternative story. So Mindset Reset has been a game changer for me to start the new year off right. No matter what has come at me, and trust me, there have been a few things that have thrown me off my game, and I'll probably be talking about that in upcoming episodes, I have been able to navigate those. I've been able to banish worry thoughts, reframe what I was thinking, choose a different thought, and assume positive intent. And honestly, since I've been visualizing, I can't think of a better way to start my day than spending a minute or two visualizing my dreams coming true. It just brings me joy. And since I've been doing the work, I've noticed I've been happier, I'm more positive, I worry less, and I feel like I'm more in flow. So just as a reminder, you can access these trainings. There's, I'm not an affiliate for this. I'm just a believer in what she's doing. And I wanted to share these tools because I think our mindset is the key to accomplishing the impact that we want to make as change makers. So you can still get those at melrobbins.com mindset reset. Because when you are a change maker who has big, audacious goals, it's important to get your mindset in check to make it happen so that you are prepared for the wins and the losses that happen on your journey. Thank you so much for listening to The Rebel Rising Podcast. If you enjoyed the show and find it valuable, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you leave us a review, you help more people find the show. For more information on working with me on your three-word rebellion messaging or your keynote speech and speaker marketing, go to drmichellemazur.com. See you next time, Rebel Riser. Rebel Riser.